When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey. 90 Min, head of UK content, Toby Cudworth, and Sean Walsh from 90 Min as well, an editor, and from the Oh What A Night podcast. It's been a while, guys. Uh, transfer window's closed. We've had, I think, a week off. Uh, Toby, how are you doing? Because you're going on holiday tomorrow. I'm going on holiday. I am on, I wouldn't say wind down mode because that makes it sound like I'm not doing anything. Slacking. Um, yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to having an actual week off because um, I haven't had a break since the manic summer that we had. Um, I know the last 10 days or so we haven't had an awful lot of football, but I'm looking forward to disconnecting for 10 days and handing over the reins to you, mate, so you can look after all of my worries. Football never sleeps, Toby. I'm going to be messaging you every single morning <laughs> with a. Uh, the latest on the irons in the fire, which is a section of the podcast that will come up later in the show. Graham, how are you doing? I haven't spoke. I'm spoken to you for a while either. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a long break, hasn't it? And uh, and now no Premier League football to October. It's a bit of a strange month, it's been, hasn't it? With the, with the funeral, etc., and things being off, it's been a strange one. Yeah, Nations League matches uh, coming up over the next few days ahead of the World Cup. Uh, Sean, are you excited for England? <laughs> Not as excited as I was about six months ago. Um, not as confident about our chances now. The the I, there were a lot of caveats to the Nations League campaign in June, but it's just kind of killed my excitement unless we do something exciting against Italy and England. But at least you know, as the Brentford man, it's nice to see Ivan Tony there, and that'll be exciting at least. Nice little subplot. Have we got a Slack emoji called the Brentford man? it's a little inside first. joke sorry um i'll, I'll move on uh, we'll get... one thing sean should be excited about is um who's on the plane don't think we've done one of those for like oh yes 26 players at your disposal i'm sure okay. i tony will be number two but... i i take massive issue <laughs> graham i take massive issue with matt um not matt skillman i'm coming to him in a second Harris <laughs> southgate naming 12 defenders in his england squad that is mad and you must be seething max kilman isn't in there I am, and I, I sent you both. There's a few lot of journalists of the same opinion who watch Wolves regularly. I feel, I feel sorry for him. I think he's done enough to be in the squad, not necessarily to go to Qatar, but I think Matt Gay has really kicked on in the last six months. I think he's done done very well. But yeah, it's hard to get excited. I, th- I think that striker spot, the battle between Abraham and Tony, which I think will be the story of the next week. Which one of them to start these games? Because I don't see Harry Kane missing both games again. So I think whoever starts the other game be it Tony or Abraham. I suspect it might be Tony. Um, yeah, it could, that could be the story of the next week and if, who's not going. I don't think he takes Tony and Abraham, but I think he takes one of them. And I think it might be Tony if he does well in training next week. 
there a chance that they do both go, considering it's 26 players? I know that's only three extra, but knowing Southgate, uh, he'll probably pick three more right backs. So won't as, 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 Scott said, as Scott said, though, Toby, isn't it? I think he's given a sort of indication as to where he needs extra depth. And it's centre-half, and I think he'd probably take four plus Walker. Um, it depends who he doesn't take. You know, I think it's going to be the story. I, I don't think Trent. I don't think Trent goes. Um, so I think it gives an option. I don't think Luke Shaw goes either. So um, that does give him options elsewhere, and it just depends on if, if is Calvin Phillips fit, um, stuff yeah. like that. But I think he knows ninety five percent of this of, of his squad. I think he knows. He's, he's a loyal. We know he's a loyal guy. Fair enough. We've got him to where he is now. So I don't think we're going to see too many surprises now. Arsenal fans melting down. No Benjamin White in the squad either. Doesn't even get a look in. There's other players that haven't had a look in either. Jaden Sancho overlooked. Uh, Marcus Rashford injured. Uh, Sancho is a about... strange one, isn't it? Scott? It, it, Sancho, is, it is a weird considering one. Considering it's the best he's played since arriving in England and now he isn't in the squad. Yeah, Southgate. I don't know whether he's ever really, really, really been taken by him. But uh, we'll be talking about a few England players today. Jude Bellingham, Harry Kane, Jack Grealish. Uh Unfortunately, Mark Noble never made it to the England squad, Toby, but we will be speaking about him later in the show as well. Uh, we'll be talking a bit about uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, who has been linked with the entire world. Uh, young Ukrainian player, very exciting. We'll be talking about him and interest from a number of Premier League clubs over the last few days and months. Uh, and we'll be talking a bit of United at the end as well. Manchester United, that is, Graham. That, although they do have the title of United because they are the highest mm. United in the Premier League at the moment. So no issues there. Uh, let's let's kick off the show with Jude Bellingham because we haven't mentioned him yet, but we knew uh, that he would be one of the stories of the next year. Uh, Dortmund made it clear they weren't selling him in the last transfer window, but, uh, you know, he is now the hot name on the agenda. I think he's the big, probably Declan Rice will come up as well, but Jude Bellingham is obviously one of the most promising young footballers in the world, let alone England or he's playing in Germany at the moment, but very, very bright prospect. Graham, what's the latest on him? Because we've done a story on nightmin.com uh, in the last couple of days. A lot of clubs will want him. Uh, what is he thinking at the moment? Yeah, basically, I managed to speak to someone close to his camp, and he's he's not made any decision on his future yet. That is the basic point. He's not doing it before the World Cup, which is primary focus at the moment. I don't think that surprises any of us. And and yeah, he's they're putting out there saying, look, he hasn't chosen to move to Liverpool yet. Um, That's not few... what Liverpool fans are telling me, Graham. Yeah, well, I did read a piece today actually, which um, intimated that the fact he spent a few days on trial as a ten-year-old at Anfield is playing a part in this. I can confirm that isn't the case. <laughs> he really, you know, his people, he's sensible. He knows what he's doing. He's going to have his choice of club come next summer, including the likes of Real Madrid. Um, we were doing a piece chasing up on the Real Madrid stuff, but they do like him. They love him. Um, they all do. You know, every club, every, every one of the clubs who can afford him. So that's probably 10 clubs in the world. Every club who can afford him wants him. He will have his pick of wherever he wants to play. And he knows that. But he might stay at Dortmund for another year. Do not rule out him staying at Dortmund for another year. We've got the build-up to Euro 2024, which will be played in Germany. Um, so that could be a big thing as well. And he's, he's, if we look at the... We say in the story about the, the talent that's gone from Dortmund, Dembele, Sancho, Haaland, a quarter of a billion 
pound them them three alone rates. But look at them three. Dembele and Sancho went for huge money, and they struggled to adapt quickly. The one player who stayed for that extra year, Haaland, adapted very quickly. So I think Bellingham's camp, from what I'm told, are looking at that as well. I wouldn't. I'm not saying it's likely, but I wouldn't rule it out as an option that he stays at Dortmund for another season. He's only 19, which is who frightening. Are, who are the clubs we're talking about here? Let's name them. I'm guessing Man United, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, PSG. Yep, PSG. We've got um, Bayern Munich, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid. And Dortmund as well is obviously an option that he could stay at. Uh, You know, he's got the choice of... He's got Juventus like him as well. Juventus as well. He's got every choice, uh, whatever his... Yeah, that Real Madrid option is just there. Looking, looking at that midfield that they've constructed over the last mm. few months and slotting Jude Bellingham into that when Luka Modric is evergreen, but 37, 30, uh, 36 years old, uh, could step in there. Um, and Valverde playing at wide, he's playing sensationally, isn't he, at wide at the minute? And But Schumann has settled in so well. Some of the, uh, I've heard some of the coverage in Spain. They're, they're salivating about him. They can't believe how good he is. But can you imagine Camavinga, Schumann and Bellingham? Oh, like that's just a cheap mode. For 15 in years. Yeah. Cheap mode in football manager, isn't it? That's um, like the prospect of that. But the planning that's got into this team from Real is just sensational. So if they can, if they could pull that off, and hey, if any club can persuade him to move abroad again, it's him. And I think with Bellingham, you know, he's already playing abroad. So, you know, he's, he's done that. I think that's what appeals to these clubs as well. But he's, he's so good for 19. He's just way beyond his years, isn't he? And, um, but yeah, Liverpool fans, not saying he doesn't end up at Liverpool, but. Yeah, can, long, I, can I ask it, a question on ask a question on Liverpool actually, and this is for like I was going to come to Sean on it, but it's just for for everyone, I guess. Are Liverpool falling into the trap a little bit here that Man United have fallen into over the last few years of this one hundred and fifty million pound player will save all of solve all of our problems? Uh, it, it seems like that's how Liverpool are approaching this, and is this out of character for Liverpool to go that high? And Sean, it feels like. It, it does feel like they're going through the rebuild quite slowly. You know, I think a lot of people were critical of their midfield coming into this season. Like, obviously, there's a lot of players there, but how many of them are suited to going to challenge for a Premier League title again, going to challenge for the Champions League again? And then Klopp came out and admitted, OK, yeah, we were wrong. We needed a new midfielder. So I think they got that wrong. Um, they did try and sign had... Chumani, though, as well, Sean, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's like uh, just... Everyone forgets that, didn't they? That, yeah. that I think Liverpool knew a long time ago that they needed, and they did try and get him. Then the problem is, uh, like you're saying, Scott, that if you kind of put all your eggs in this one basket of this super expensive player and you don't get him, then what are you going to do then? Then they just cho- chose not to bring in anyone apart from Arthur or alone on deadline day, which seemed like a real kind of panic move. He's making so, waves uh, for the under 23s at the moment. <laughs> well, Papa John's trophy, they lost. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm starting to, because they, for the last five, six years, Liverpool could basically do no wrong in the transfer window. Now it feels like they're moving too slowly with what they're doing and aren't utilizing their resources to the best of their abilities. Toby, hey, um, can I ask you a question? I know, you, I know you're going to say something, but yeah. are Liverpool guaranteed to make the top four? No. Well, I don't think guaranteed. I think they will get into the top four. But I was just thinking back to last season when we did our predictions for last year. I think many of us felt Liverpool weren't necessarily equipped to challenge City then. We thought their midfield needed strengthening. And if anything, they maybe overperformed by getting 92 points, given that they had 
so many injuries in midfield last year. They were kind of bailed out by Salah, Mane, Jota's brilliance in front of goal. Losing Mane has obviously been the real key thing, I think, in the opening stages of the season for them. As good as Luis Diaz is, he's not Sadio Mane. Um, not yet, anyway. And Liverpool should probably have acted last summer to bring in a midfielder. Didn't. And I don't think they like um, admitting when they're wrong, maybe. And Jurgen Klopp certainly doesn't like it, does he? He doesn't like publicly admitting that there's a problem, even when it's staring him straight in the face. Um, he's always very defiant and tries to support his current crop of players. But this Liverpool side aren't set up for long-term success now. That midfield is ageing and they will get into the top four, probably because teams like Chelsea need to adapt under Graham Potter. They're going to have some indifferent results. Um, United might be a bit hit and miss, although the signs are looking quite good right now. Spurs might dip. It will be a close run thing, but I do expect Liverpool to get in it, but there's no detracting from it's gone wrong over the last 12, 18 months behind the scenes on the field, kind of masked the fact that they... When did Michael Edwards leave, incidentally? When did he stop actively... I think Official. it was in the summer, wasn't it? But yeah, it was announced yeah. in months in advance. Yeah, it was yeah, a bit yeah. of gardening. Yeah, he was handed over. Um, but yeah, that's why obviously he rejected Chelsea. In the summer, he left officially. Yeah. Uh, Graham, on on Fellingham, then are you expecting? What 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 do you think is going to? Uh, this is like I'm going with gut here. Mm. Do you think is he leaning in a certain direction? He was shown around. He was shown around at Man United before he chose to join Dortmund. I read yesterday that John Murt is really close mates with his dad. Mm, yeah, and I said that he had that trial at Liverpool when he was 10 as well, didn't he? Which <laughs> someone actually wrote down in an article, which is amazing. Um, yeah, for, uh, they're insisting, the people close to him saying, look, um, they know this interest is coming. They know where it's from. He's very happy um, where he's at. He's fully concentrating on getting this place in the England team. I think that's his focus now of really doing everything he physically can to get in the starting 11. I don't think they're getting it. Personally, I think um, Southgate will stay loyal. Not, and, and it's not due to anything Bellingham could do. Bellingham could score, could score two goals and two assists in every game from now till the World Cup squad is picked into Qatar. But I think he will pick Phillips ahead of him if he's fit. And he, I think he will be. But no, I think he's concentrating on going to the World Cup, hopefully winning it for England. That's his ambition, obviously. Um, and then come January, they'll see what's on the agenda. And, and I think it's interesting that if he... I've I, I been mean, thinking about it, Scott. If he wins the Bundesliga with Dortmund this year, which is quite possible, does that mean he's more likely to leave or more likely to stay? I think he might more, be more likely to stay if Dortmund win the Bundesliga. Why I'm not. One... Sorry, Scott. Go I was going to say, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, uh, Sean called it in August. We were reviewing a bit. Um, that's about to go out. Sean, Sean had already written <laughs> congratulations to Bayern Munich for winning the 2022-23 Bundesliga. They've had a different run of form since then, but yeah. still well, it's it's been set for Dortmund, hasn't it? The way Leverkusen, they were, my, my pick anyway, to surprise them at the top, and the way Bayern and Leverkusen started, unbelievable, just set for Dortmund. It couldn't be any easier for Dortmund at the minute. You, I do think mentioned- it's notable, the, the view in Germany about Bellingham. So when we met up with our colleagues from Mountain D back in May, they seemed quite adamant that Bellingham's potential and ceiling was quite a bit higher than Haaland's. I think that's quite notable that that hype hasn't hit the English shores yet. I was just going to say, um, and me and Scott attempted to talk over each other, am I the only one who sees Jude Bellingham ending up at Manchester City? 
I was thinking I just, that, yeah. I just think that... I think Madrid. That's his ultimate destination. Yeah, I, if he I, comes back to England, I, I just think it's City, not Liverpool. I don't think City he can... Be, I, I just don't think he can reject Real Madrid, TC, I think, with that Camavinga, Chumani, um, obviously Mbappe will be there within a couple of years anyway. Point. Yeah, exactly. And Vinicius <laughs> Jr. I think the way that Perez is built, Florentino Perez is building this team where it's not Galatos and, and Ancelotti is getting such a tune out of this team. And it was, it's they they're on the way to being one of the best teams of all time. This Madrid team for me, and if they can get him as well, I think it'd be hard for him to turn down. Give it, but I think City are one of the ones who could compete for him. City and Liverpool, and and look, as you say, if Liverpool do struggle, what's the appeal for him going there? You know, if it was nailed on already, Graham, I've should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got loving it. He's he's loving this uh, the Liverpool thing of um, him not getting it, but it's the same. Yeah, and 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 it will. And the other big story will be Declan Rice, obviously. So it's going to be ironic that maybe the two who start for England in the World Cup will be the big storylines of next summer. I think more likely to be Rice. Yeah, uh, we'll talk Declan Rice in a future show, uh, or maybe there's some irons in the fire um, talk for Declan Rice later in this I mean, show. We, we can do Rice to Patch next week when TC's we, not here. We can do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we will. But do you know what? He's had a great start to the season. He's been average. No one's talking about him. It's brilliant. And that means <laughs> his right. price it's is t- coming Thomas down. Thomas Suchek's but... taking all the flack from TC, isn't he? I can see the stick so, that Thomas Suchek's getting. Is well, he was absolutely awful against Everton. If you watched that mm. game, Graham, you'd understand why. Oh, I did, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a good thing losing that Everton, was it, in any, any way, shape or form? Because I wasn't that impressed by Everton, but yeah. Let, let's, uh, let's keep on England players. Uh, Harry Kane. We put out a story this week on Lightman.com. I didn't realise his contract was up in 2024. That means it's final 12 months next summer. And that means usually that if Tottenham want to get a bit of money, that's the time to cash in. Now, I don't know how Daniel Levy is going to approach this, but Harry Kane has not renewed at Spurs. Uh, and Sean and Graham put out a piece earlier this week about interest from Bayern Munich. Sean, uh, what can you tell us here? And I, I, Spurs are worried. Are you worried? A little bit. I wasn't as worried back in May when we first reported that um, Kane and Spurs were open to talking about a new contract. Um, those talks haven't really advanced at this point, but over the summer, Bayern Munich made their interest a bit public. Julian Nagsman was asked about him. He kind of, he made a comment where he's like, oh, he would score loads of goals in the Bundesliga, but I don't know if we would be able to do a deal. Antonio Conte took real umbrage with this. He was not happy. He really kind of hit back at him. And then every time a Bayern figure is asked about Kane, which happens to be like every week or something, like they're always in the media. Um, they kind of played it down. They said, oh, we're not, we're not talking about it. We're not talking about other players, but behind the scenes, yeah. There is something there. There's definite interest in Kane. And Kane's having his head turned just a little bit. And I don't really blame him because look, you go to Bayern Munich, that is a guarantee of trophies. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. I was one of, in the camp before where I was like, oh, you know, he doesn't, he won't want to go abroad. He wants to stay and he wants to be Tottenham's record scorer. He wants to be the Premier League's record scorer ahead of Alan Shearer, like all those kind of things. I now realise that in his head, he probably thinks I can go to Bayern Munich two, three years, win all there is to win, come back to England and break all those other records. And yeah, I am a little bit worried that there's something in this because ultimately we're, not, we're just not a super club like Bayern Munich are. Do you, do you know where Kane's head is at at the moment, Graham? Is this, um, I'm guessing it's all focused on England and this is going to wait till post-World Cup. Uh, but, you know, 
that he's never made any secret of wanting to be the all-time top scorer in the Premier League. But it's also no secret that the stick to beat him with is that he's never won anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, of all the clubs we've seen linked with him over, over the last couple of years, um, we've seen the Man City's, obviously, the Paris Saint-Germain was, was one where it would allow him to commute. I think Bayern just, it, it really ticks so many boxes. The way he could go there with his family and not be bothered by the English press or the Italian Spanish press. I think a move to Munich where he could really immerse himself. I think it suits Kane down to the ground, you know, where he could go there and just get on with his family life. And as Sean said, go there, challenge the Champions League titles. Um, you know, we've seen Lewandowski chance for the Ballon d'Or whilst at Bayern. So why couldn't Harry Kane do that? And no offence, he's not going to challenge the Ballon d'Or whilst at Tottenham. So Munich for two or three years, it could really, really tick a few boxes, you know, and 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 buying as we've seen, they are missing Lewandowski, and there's not many players who are comparable to Lewandowski, but Harry Kane is one of them. He would fit into this buying team like a brilliantly, wouldn't he? He really would. So I think that's why Sean, I can see. I think I think that's why Sean's probably worried, not been words in his mouth, but it ticks so many boxes. This Munich thing, when you think about it, it's like yeah, you will see the links to Madrid, it, and all it, when he was linked to Madrid, it was like, hmm, can we see Harry Kane in Madrid? I'm not so sure where and so but this one I, I I can see it and and as we say I think Kane will be tied to Antonio Conte's future and and he hasn't signed his contract yet and you made a good point there Graham about just like the the way of life the intensity compared to mm. Spain and Italy that's something I hadn't really thought of before because um when I was when we were getting thrown around in those aggregated tweets yesterday with the story there were a lot of um people from Germany quite excited that the England captain might come and play for Bayern Munich. That was a big thing for them, where it came would be in this sweet spot where he is still at a really big club, like Bayern are mm. the club in Germany, but it's not as intense pressure. It's not the intense scrutiny that he ha- would have in England, mm. Italy or Spain. And we can see how well the British players are settling in Germany now, from, mm. from Sancho yeah. to Bellingham, and there's so many more in, in Germany as well. And I think just that way of life is, is quite British, and I think it, it would suit them. And, you know, Bayern love a British striker, don't we, guys? Mark Hughes, Alan McAnally. Plus, he'd score about 60 goals a season, to be fair. Yeah, and, and I say, and that, and that Ballon d'Or thing, you know, Lewandowski, all applauded to he gets them just playing for Bayern. Harry came get that in, in excess of that I think I you know I think it's it suits him a 40 but and again from Sean from your point of view do you think that I think Levy will be a pragmatist and you have to get some money off Kane at some point yeah I we talk about how long this season is I, it feels really really long because we're not going to really know for sure until the other side of the World Cup what the landscape kind of looks like and that it, I don't know if that comforts me or daunts me in that it, you know this is what I think about the last 24 hours. God, is he actually going to leave? Uh, so I guess the, 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 the it's buying, so annoying, the, isn't it? The buying struggles probably don't help, Sean, because you're thinking, yeah, who's that one player next summer who to buy to revitalize the team? Yeah. It's Harry Kane. It's such an obvious issue that they have yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's it's one where you think, and, and they didn't go for Haller, who was the obvious one. It's like you can just see it, can't you? Buy, buying, finishing third, and thinking, right, who's the big player we bring in now to revitalize our team? The big number nine striker. The only thing um, I would say, the only other points of that is that most English players who move abroad are normally moving. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Abroad to prove a point. They're either not getting first team football, Chris Smalling, for example, mm. or they're young England players looking to force their way into the national team setup. Harry Kane's obviously first choice all day long. Mm. He can do whatever he wants to do in England. And he's got three kids. Do you think um, he has that respect be... abroad, though, TC? Do you think it's a good point you're making? I think on that bit, do you, do you think elsewhere in Europe, do you think he's one of the best in the world? I'm not so no, sure they do. I don't, because I think other national teams look at England and they're not scared of us. Um, mm. The track record would suggest that we're not particularly threatening in major tournaments, discount the last two where we've done quite well. And even though Harry Kane has scored goals in those tournaments, a lot of them have been penalties. I don't think he's as widely appreciated outside of England as we think of him as a great all-round striker Bayern probably think of him as that great all-round striker but do their supporters necessarily all think that I don't know and I'm not sure they'd be that excited for that long because they know that he'd probably stay for what two three years maximum and then be on the run again Bayern tend to bring in players who are there for the long haul particularly in their forward areas and I'm not sure Kane necessarily aligns with that because as Sean says he's still got those records in England hanging over him that I think he would he would ultimately want to achieve. If he could stay injury-free, though, he's the type of player who doesn't rely on pace. It's all about brain and, uh, you know, positioning and finishing. You know, if he can stay fit, and that's always a risk with Harry Kane, but if he, as long as he's not got an injury that's, like, really derailing him, he could play until late 30s. He hasn't had a big one in a few years. And he did mm. mention a few months ago that he wants to be someone like Lewandowski, for example, who can reinvent themselves in his mid-30s. So, he's, he's got and, and, and the Bundesliga is not, you know, another couple of years in the Bundesliga might give him another two years in the Premier League because he's not going to get kicked off the park. Not that they do nowadays, that's the wrong thing, but you have to put 95% effort in every week in the Premier League, where some of these Bundesliga games, not so much. He probably needs to tone down his playmaking ability, a la Wayne Rooney, because the more you keep those attributes, the further back in the pitch you go, the deeper you get. So that could actually negate his ability to score goals the older he gets if he's, what, 32, 33, and he's actually dropped into more of a a deeper number 10 role. Harry Kane's going to be played through on goal if he joins Bayern 15 times a season and score 15 (laughs) goals that way. The the amount of space in behind defences in Germany is ridiculous. Uh, We've got to move on anyway. Uh, Staying with uh, people who are, I guess, underappreciated or uh, being kicked. I know that that has come up a few times. Jack Grealish. Let's just do this one a bit quickly because, uh, Toby, I'll come to you because uh, it was suggested earlier this week that uh, Jack Grealish was expecting to leave Man City this summer. And that was actually attributed to us. Uh, we just we probably need to clear up that that was not us. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so we uh, on 90min.com, we collate the transfer rumours from around the world daily on the site. But unfortunately, the, the Jack Grealish rumour that we'd picked up from elsewhere um, was attributed to us saying exactly what you've said, Scott, that he doesn't see much of a long-term future at City and that he told those close to him that he was kind of knew that he had maybe a year left and he'd have to start looking at his next move. Um, Graham since done a bit of digging for us, made some calls and found out that that's not the case. He's quite happy at Manchester City, as he would be, given how well they're doing. And he spoke to the media yesterday, didn't he, on England duty, acknowledging that his first year wasn't as great as it could have been. But when you're moving from Aston Villa, where you're the man, to a club where you're one of seven or eight key men, um, I think expectations were just wildly high for what he was actually going to be able to achieve. The £100 million price tag didn't help, but City are pleased with what he's doing. I think Pep Guardiola has always spoken quite well or quite fondly of Grealish in an interview when he has been criticised. And I was very critical of his performance against Dortmund in the Champions League, where he was one-dimensional, just cuts in on his right foot. But he has got to learn to do other things, and I think he knows that. But he used to be able to do that at Villa, and he was in different situations where that skill set um, kind of worked, and he was operating in different positions. He was more central. City, his role is different, and he's never going to be the standout player. I think us as pundits and those who um, look on and watch him as supporters need to think of him as one of many key players at City, if not, not the man. He's never going to be that. Um, so it's impossible to hold him up to that kind of. Of course, he was that at Aston Villa, which was, uh, it, I guess it takes a little bit of getting used to. But uh, Graham, yeah, anything you need to clear up there? Because we were, it was a little bit of a mess, but, you know. Yeah, I agree with TC. He's always going to be in Phil Ford in the shadow, but who wouldn't be? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, you know, they put it out there and um, City were quite, um, pushing back on it, you know he's he's a work in progress. Which again, to, as a, it's hard for the fans not to see the price tag. The club don't. Pep doesn't. He sees him as a potential world class talent who we can mould, and that and that's where it's at. And, and and but Grealish as well. He 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 doesn't see himself. It sounds weird. He doesn't see himself as a hundred million pound player. He's not the finished article. He knows that he didn't choose his price tag, and he's happy to put his work in. And it's not it's not an unhappy camp, from what I'm told. You know, Grealish, he's he's loving working with Pep. He's loving working in that system. He's he likes being pushed, and he is there. So not um, from what I'm I'm told, um, there's no issue there whatsoever. Then both sides know there's work to be done, but both sides are happy to do it. Yeah, he did actually say that in a press conference ahead of the England game as well. Something along those lines of he's never seen anybody think the way that Pep thinks about football and and all this kind of stuff. He, he seems pretty happy. So we just thought we'd have to, have to clear that one up. Uh, another one, let's let's move on and away from England players for now. Uh, Mikhailo Mudrik is a player that we have reported on, on 90 Min, a few months ago in relation to Brentford. Uh, young Ukrainian player, quite exciting but Graham, uh, I'll come to Sean in a little bit as well. Talk about the Brentford interest. Uh, watched by loads of clubs on Wednesday night as uh, Scotland beat Ukraine. Is that right? Yeah, 3-0. 3-0. So um, were they impressed? <laughs> Murdoch had the decent game, to be fair. And he, he's shown up well. He did in, the, in their um, playoff game. 
Um, Ukraine's Scotland seems to have been coming quite a lot. He, he did well in a playoff game. He's played well for Shakhtar as well. He's had a good start to the season. And yeah, he's a player who, yeah, last year we were writing about him, weren't we, Sean, about this guy? But uh, before anyone else knew about him, Scott, Sean, we were writing about him, weren't we? Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, from what I understand, half the Premier League were represented at Hamden last night. Not just looking at him, but it's Matt Bianco as well, the defender who's been linked. Uh, Sangov, the winger who is meant to be Cody Gakpo's replacement. Um, as well, he was on shore there, so no. Um, but Chelsea were there, Arsenal were there, Newcastle, and we believe Murdoch was the man who they were watching. But yeah, he did okay. Um, so we got well. down, we got Chelsea, Newcastle, uh, Arsenal. He's, I think, has he talked about Arsenal in the last few weeks? Yeah, well? yes, yeah, they liked him, Everton liked him as well. So, particularly for Murdoch, but the rest of the um, looking at the other players as well. But Murdoch, yeah, they're all taking a, a close look at him, who, um, who was first, as, as we said, first on. Our radar uh, last year. Yeah, Sean. Uh, Brentford tried. Am I right in saying they wanted him? Didn't come off. How how far did that one get? Tried a few times. Yeah, they wanted him um, back in January at first. Um, couldn't quite do it. They they really rate him really highly. And I can't imagine that. I think there's probably part of them that thinks, yes, we've been proven right. Everyone in the world can see how good this guy is. But at the same time, it's like, God, that's really good. Damage our chances of being able to get him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he almost went to Germany, Sean, didn't he? He went to um, Leverkusen once, him, yeah. Was it, yeah, where they, they thought he was going there, didn't they, at one point? Mm, yeah. And then turns out he didn't. And then there was kind of Premier League scramble for him in the last few days of the window, but no one could really get it done. Uh, no scrambles here, but uh, we, are, we do have some irons in the fire, uh, Toby. No. My theme tune. Hang on. No, I don't. Have you got a theme tune? No, no, we we no, do no. need to we do we need to work on this. Before. We need to work on this. Um, what can you tell us today? Because we've had some news from West Ham concerning your favourite player of all time. Marky Noble is uh, back at the club as sporting director from the second of January, and I think the key thing with that appointment is reconnecting board level with David Moyes. Mark Noble was a huge presence in a dressing room, club captain for a number of years, club legend. He's departed this summer. West Ham have got off to a terrible start. Um, we've been awful. And that's not all down to Mark Noble leaving the dressing room because he wasn't playing many games, but I'm sure it's had an influence. Uh, and he did, I think he went to America over the summer um, and did a leadership course in, I think, sports business. So he's been working on that side of development. We knew he wasn't going to go into hung his boots to West Ham and so confirmed by the club that he will return in the new year um, and hopefully you know it will be a long term relationship where West Ham's transfer dealings haven't always been great I think we've said that on previous podcasts a lot of players don't settle necessarily and it's about acclimatizing to a new country that's the role that noble can perhaps play as well making players feel more welcome at the club ensure they've got what they need around them to be a success on the field and that they hit the ground running and integrate quicker um david moise has said a few times already that he wants to integrate and get his players up to speed and that they're not quite there yet that's something that noble in his capacity could help with uh graham i'll come to you on, on this uh West Ham haven't, they're in the freebies market mm -hmm. or have been, but they haven't made a decision there yet, haven't brought anyone in. Is that likely to change? 
Um, no, I just want to pop back to Toby talking of Noble. Do you think that's a Kratinsky appointment? Daniel Kratinsky, the man who we'll be talking a lot about this time next year, probably likely to take over West Ham and somebody think it's a his appointment? I don't think it's just his, but I think he would have he'll welcome the signed off on for it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's I a good PR move. It's a, if nothing else, it's a good PR move, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's going to be consulted on all things West Ham do moving forward because, as we know, the intention is for Sullivan and Gold to eventually hand over the reins of the club to him. And I would imagine Noble will be in that role unless mm. something goes disastrously wrong for many And we see that we see it a lot on the continent, don't we, Toby? Like with, with the buy-ins of this world where Sally Hamadic suddenly is in charge of everything, even just after his playing days. So it's quite it's a very European thing, this, isn't it? Where normally we we think they have to wait 20 years to get to this point. But it's a, it's a very European thing now, isn't it? Where Van der Sar running Ajax and stuff, it's I think this could become a trend in this country quite quickly. I don't think you can underestimate the power of having a leader in the dressing room who has that much influence and that can translate to board level and influencing club policy and club decisions and Noble has that. So for West Ham to now have him back on board can only be a good thing. A Trevor, a Trevor Booking type, Brooking type appointment. Yep. He was the last one I remember at West Ham there. But yeah, sorry referring to you, Scott. Yeah, the free agent market, um, me and Toby did a few pieces and... It was assumed at West Ham, at West Ham as well, within the coaching staff, that they would love to bring another free agent in. I think the the key thing about their market was they kept Craig Dawson, who was due to go to Wolves. Um, I think the Bednarik one interfered with that, as we've spoken about. And so I think Moyes he is one. Of, we've seen his number windows, haven't we, Toby? Where he does try and get through when he can. I think that's the case here. But there, there are some really, as we said before the show, talking off air there's some great options I say great some very good options out there um, Jason Denier 20, 27 still Belgian national he's still available still in the Mac- Belgium squad as well wow well, we've got um, Maximovic the Serbian so there's some there are some Premier League calibre options out there but I think Moise is going to try and get through to generally what do we have a month of Premier League football left in total before the break something like that yeah and Craig October. Dawson's Craig Dawson's back, back fit and it looks like Naya Fagueds is ahead of schedule in his recovery as well. We might not see him before the World Cup, but his injury is progressing quite nicely. So West Ham have actually got a fit, um, a good number of centre-backs who are fit. Although I say that, Kurt Zuma, we've mentioned him before, and his dodgy knee. For those who watched the Everton game after about half an hour, he honestly could not run. He cannot sprint. Um, Graham said to me in a message, he's got one speed, and I would very much agree with that. <laughs> definitely an underlying, there's an underlying issue there. I think that was one of the highlights in that game I saw to you, where he went for a corner and he just, he, he wasn't not trying, but there, there definitely wasn't a speed, a sprint option there. It's like a skip. Yeah. It's like a skip. You're telling me you can't press the R trigger button to make him sprint any faster. Like that happens on FIFA. I think he might have the uh, white, the white cross next to his name on FIFA. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we'll finish off today with a bit of Manchester United chat. Uh, we're going to do a little bit on Diogo Dallo and a little bit on Marcus Rashford. Uh, Man United have nine players who are out of contract at the end of this season, but they have contracts or that, that year extension option that United put in most of, if not all of their contracts to trigger on eight of those players, I believe. No decisions made yet, but uh, Graham, they're... They do want to tie... Do you want to do Marcus Rashford first or should we do Dallow first? I mean, both of them are in good form this season, especially in comparison to last, aren't they? Yeah, and 
I think Rashford, you know, he was he was a player we talked about in the Muscat, wasn't he? In terms of um, he's one who Steve McLaren had targeted, um, part of Ten Hag's backroom staff, and he told Ten Hag what a player, what a good player there was in there, and and they were confident they could get him back to his best. They were confident he could play through the middle, and something where I think Rashford does want to do. You know, there's an opportunity there for England and all sorts. So, um, I think this is a clever one for Ten Hag in terms of winning over. Not with another dressing because he doesn't have to, but if you've got Marcus Rashford on side, he's a he's a massive figure at Old Trafford, um, within the dressing room, within the players, and if he's happy, it's not win him over, but if he's happy under Ten Hag, I think that's a huge thing, and I think Ten Hag has recognised you, you've got a potential world class talent there. Obviously, Ole Gunnar he completely stagnated as the club did under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He did nothing to improve his game. Ollie's got a lot of answer for, and I think Ten Hag's got a lot to put right from his days. But I think I, I love what I say for Rashford. I think Rashford could be, I'm not saying world class number nine, but it could easily be a 20 goal a season Premier League number nine. He's got all the attributes. We talked earlier about uh, the central striking options for England. Obviously, Rashford isn't in this squad. Does he potentially fit into that, or he is w- he he could play across the front? Mm. He was going to be, yeah, he was down to be in the squad. Uh, even though I think Tony was as well. I think he was down to be in the squad. Um, so, yeah, very much so. And, and, and Rashford, he had that extra thing that Abraham and Tony don't, that they give you that option to play out wide. And when you go to World Cup finals, although there is 26 now, so I'm not sure how how many jack-of-all-trade players you want to take. You want to take players who fit. Need more defenders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more defense holding midfielders as well. Yeah, we've got to make room for John Henderson and and the like. Um, but yeah, I think he is Scott, and I think and on the back of this, as soon we're talking about his contract, I think United Rashford. Um, we've seen the links to PSG, which I think will help in the negotiations. It's not coming to the table saying you if you don't give me what I want, etc. But you know, I think it's all it's a happy camp at the moment, and I think that's why United would like to do this um, sooner rather than later. You know. It's better to talk to a player when he's happy, isn't it? So, um, um, I think the, the, they've already told him they're going to take up the option, but I fully expect before the end of the season that Rashford signed a new long-term deal. Yeah. Sean, would you take Marcus Rashford to the World Cup? I think I would. And I think the thing that I was looking over in recent weeks was the the use of Southgate in his strikers. And I think it's quite notable that... Because remember, Kane didn't start the Euros well. He was substituted in, I think, at least two of the group games. And in one of them, Rashford came on and he played up front. I think that's quite notable that that's kind of how Southgate sees him. I think that's definitely someone that will go to the World Cup if he maintains his form and is fit, regardless of what Abraham and Tony do. He does offer that different threat, like in behind defences yeah. as well. I don't yeah. think Abraham or the, Tony really carry used, that similar. Yeah, I used to have a theory that, um, I think it was in the original build-up to Euro 2020 before it got moved, that... If Southgate's kind of persisting with a, I think it was a three-five-two back then, that he should play um, Kane with Rashford because Rashford's probably the most stylistically similar in the squad to Son, and it would kind of make sense to just recreate that formula for scoring goals that spin at Spurs. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we are expecting that Marcus Rashford will, at some point, uh, be rewarded with a new long-term deal. Uh, you can catch that on nightymin.com as well in in written form in the next few days. Uh, great, well, what a turnaround, Gallo. Scott. Well, for Rashford, I was just gonna say, what a turnaround it's been for him in the last six months. Where there's United fans who wanted him to be sold in January, to, uh, and, and he was so far away from the team, and now he's probably the first choice striker going to go to the World Cup and about to get a new deal. It's been a huge turnaround for him personally. Do you think? And I haven't seen as much of, of him 
PR wise, like doing stuff off the pitch, which he was getting far too much. Any criticism was ridiculous. But do you think he's? I think he's obviously put a lot of effort on training ground with McLaren with the staff. Do you think it's been that really been visible? Oh yeah, I think so. And I really think with Rashford that he is. He's spoken on a preseason tour about actually having a preseason for the first time in five years or, or something along those lines. Uh, being able to work with a coach who, and this is always a big thing with Ten Hag, and you mentioned Ollie there, Graham, didn't really improve players and work with them like one-to-one quite that much. And you've seen in Ten Hag, he's got very specific instructions about how he wants his players mm-hmm. to operate. And, you know, I think Ra- Rashford is one of those players, one of several players who can really benefit from just having instructions to follow mm-hmm. Uh in order to you know improve his game because it's just like we used to joke about Jose Mourinho at being at Man United and he used to just say this is how you defend just make it up going forward <laughs> that that was pretty mm-hmm. much it and I think it's probably not changed for a few months uh or a few years even at Old Trafford would, would you still put Marshall would you still pick think do you still think Marshall's better than Rashford as you said last time he's a different option Graham He's a different option. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think Rashford will probably start against Man City, providing he's fit after the international break. But I think if United are expecting that they're going to play teams who are going to sit in against them, I think Martial's probably a stronger option from there. But, you know, uh, one for another day. Let's finish up with Diogo Dallo, Graham, because uh, there was some interest uh, from United in Santiago Arias, I believe it was. Uh, but United already have Aaron Wan-Bissaka and uh, Diogo Dallo. Wan-Bissaka is pretty much out of the picture as it stands, but still at the club. United are impressed with Dallow at the moment as well. He's been in good form over the first few weeks of the season. Well, barring the first two games. Yeah, you know, it was one of the, the position groups that Ten Hag wanted to improve in the summer he came in. Um, he wanted a new right back. We know Sergio Dest was an option for him. We know Juranovic, the Celtic defender, was an option. And it, it was obviously, he knew Wan-Bissaka wasn't the one for him, but Dallow he's given a chance to. And he's done exceptionally well, hasn't he? You know, he's he's done really well. They've got a year option on him. And he's got a lot of interest in abroad, Dallo, you know, from his time at Milan in Barcelona, we're looking at him. And and yeah, I think he's very much part of Ten Hag's plans. Now, Ten Hag has liked the way he's trained, um, likes his attitude. And so, yeah, he looks well on his way to getting a, a big new contract from United as well. And it's it's an interesting one because obviously Wan-Bissaka do have to carry that wage as well and obviously Dallow would like to give a, a, a big wage increase too but it's um it's Wan Basaka who's who's the issue um will we see a move out in January possibly but yeah in the area situation the world looking at him he's represented by the same agents who look after Eric Ten Hag he knows a lot about him he was exceptional in Holland for PSV this is a Mexican he's only 30 and um he was a realistic option but now they're looking at it would he would he get ahead of Dallow probably not so is there a need for him Probably not. We'll leave it there, I think. Uh, That's your United Phil. We'll be back next week with more talking transfers. Thank you to Sean. Thank you to Graham. And thank you to Toby. Toby, enjoy your holiday. Uh, I'm going to pester you uh, throughout (laughs) it to make sure you just don't rest. I'm I'm joking. Uh, Enjoy your holiday. And I hope you've enjoyed the show today to listen to everyone who's been listening. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at, at Graham Bailey at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Sean DZ Walsh. Danger zone. There we go. Oh, we need to, to get that reference in right at the end. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.